0: Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good
1: morning, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 987 W O K I, and I gotta tell you, this is one of my favorite times of the year because Tennessee men's basketball is getting ready to tip off and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, speculation about how good the team may be this year. Uh, Their preseason pr- ranked pretty highly, looks like, on the fringe of the top 10. Everybody's talking about all the talent that they have. You know, growing up, I grew up here in Knoxville, as many of you know, and my father worked for the University of Tennessee, was the general counsel for 25 years. So I grew up just diehard Big Orange and... You know, I was always a big football fan, and I know Tennessee's got such a big football tradition, but i got to be honest, I loved going to Stokely Athletic Center and watching the basketball team play. We had four tickets right behind the goal, up in that little balcony there, and it was just so exciting. And to me, when Tennessee basketball is good, like they've been the last several years, Knoxville's just a different place. It's alive, it's got electricity. I, th- I personally think Knoxville's a tremendous, Tennessee's a tremendous basketball school, and t- Knoxville's a tremendous basketball town. As you know, Rick Barnes came to Tennessee in 2015, and since that time, he's really grown the program and solidified Tennessee basketball as a top contender and really a top program in not only the SEC, but in the entire NCAA. And he's not just a co- coach on the court, but a coach and mentor off the court. And he wants to ensure that the men who come through his program and are equipped, are equipped to be successful men throughout their lives and not just in their time playing basketball at Tennessee. And we're so fortunate to have Coach Rick Barnes on with us this morning. And we're going to talk about his career, his impact, what he, how he really wants to change young men. What, he, what, what would Rick Barnes today tell Rick Barnes from 20 years ago? Coach Barnes, it's so great to have you on the show this morning. Thank you for taking time. Jim, it's good to be with you, and I appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's very, very exciting. Um, tell you what, let, we're going to get to this year. I know everybody wants to hear about this year's team, but let's talk a little bit about your career and your path. You know, it's kind of interesting to me that you've, you know, being at Clemson, uh, and, of course, I guess you started, your first head coach was at Providence. Is that correct? Correct.
2: George Mason University was oh, my first head coaching
1: job. George Mason, mm-hmm. then Providence, and then, but then you're, you know, you spent time at Clemson and Texas and now Tennessee, three schools that are really known to be big football schools. What's your perspective, Coach Barnes, being a basketball coach at those schools and the experience that you've had?
2: Well, Jim, I actually tell you this I was an assistant coach at both Alabama and Ohio State, too. And uh, so, I learned at a very early age that uh, having a chance to work at a what would be quote-unquote people would call big-time football's universities was a tremendous advantage because I did, after one year, I mean, obviously at George Mason we didn't have football, and at Providence we didn't have football. But once I was able to get to Clemson where we had football and our recruiting business were so good, so good because of the atmosphere that was before the game and People could really see it and it's not like you have to manufacture things on weekends for, you know, your official business, but, you know, again, having been an assistant, to those places. And, you know, when people talk about football schools or basketball schools, I tell everyone there's not a basketball program in the country that doesn't have a bigger football stadium than they do a basketball arena. But where those schools get labeled are where, the, like you've had your success, like you know, why would North Carolina, Duke, those places be called basketball schools or UCLA or Kentucky? Is because they've had great success in basketball, but it doesn't mean that you can't be. I've always believed this: if you can have great success at those places in basketball or, foot, or football, you can certainly have it in basketball. But it all gets back to the administration if they're willing to give you everything that you need to compete at the highest level and that doesn't mean they're giving you everything that football has but they got to give you everything that the best programs in the country have if you want to compete at that level and i can tell you i've been fortunate for the ad's that i've worked with that have allowed me to
1: have that opportunity you know i mentioned coach barnes that i think tennessee you know the basketball program tennessee knoxville really supports great basketball women's basketball men's basketball and it just the city is alive when Tennessee basketball is good, and I find it to be just as exciting as anything there is uh, in the sports world. Do you agree with that? I mean, when you see the success you've had at Tennessee and how the fans have responded, how have you been surprised at the at the outpouring at UT? And, and am am I on the right track there? Well, how does that compare yeah. to Texas and Clemson and some of these other places?
2: Well, 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 I would tell you this. Uh, now you're right on track with it. And I would tell you, I think Tennessee has supported some bad basketball too because when we first got here trying to stabilize what we were trying to do and we were – and I will never forget this, uh, you know, our first group here because what we wanted to do, uh, and I've told every team this, we have great fans and we owe it to them that every time we go go on, on the floor that we've got to give it everything that we have. And what I learned very early, my especially my first year here, because we we are struggling. Every possession, you feel like it's the, you know you can't give away one possession. You, you it's almost like you feel like you have to play perfect. But the one thing we show we're going to do is we're going to play hard, and we're going to give ourselves every chance that we we can. And if that other team comes in not ready to play, we're going to take advantage of it. And I learned very early the appreciation that the Tennessee basketball fans and i think i would say for every sport have for the fact that you're going out there playing as hard as you can possibly play and i learned that really early and i will tell you this i do think and after being here that tennessee is really one of the great basketball fan bases in the country and we should be considered one of the best basketball schools in the country
1: Well, that's an awesome thing to hear. We're visiting this morning with Coach Rick Barnes on More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Coach Barnes, I want to talk about the impact that you, you know, your desire for impact. I know it's been much discussed, but, you know, I want you to tell our listeners today, what is the most, when you look back on your career, what is the most important thing in your career that you look back on and are most proud of when when i mean obviously if you didn't win games you wouldn't have the opportunity that you did you that you've had and you're a great coach you know yeah. and, and, and that's why you've been able to do what you've had but when when you look back what are the real highlights of your career and the men that you've coached well again jim i would
2: tell you, i think if you ask me while i've been able to stay in the business for a long time and be a head coach for as many years that i've been able to do one it's a great blessing from god but the one thing I learned very early, you're only going to be as good as those people that are with you. And it's not about me. Uh, like our motto for our program is ENOM, which stands for it's not about me. But the one thing, if you ask me that I've done well and done well at a very high level, I've always wanted to go out and get the very best assistant coaches I could surround myself with. And I wanted those guys to and invest as much as they could. I remember when I – was out trying to become a head coach for the first time, and Jack Cavance who gave me my first job as an assistant coach working for him, as he was the AD at George Mason, he said something. He said, "You, whatever job you get, you better put both feet inside because you it might be the only one you ever have." And so, don't put one foot in and one foot out. And so, everywhere I've been, I truly believe that we've done that. But I've asked the assistant coaches to do that. For them to go about their job the way they would if they were the head coach. And I've always tried to allow them to grow in those areas. I've gotten better at that, to be quite honest with you. When I was younger, I probably was more uh, trying to do everything myself, especially on the court. But I look back, I've always had great assistant coaches and allowed them to work.
1: Yeah, sorry about that, Coach Barnes. You know how it is in this COVID world. We've got our dogs and cats running oh, yeah. around there. Um, so, you know, what would a – it's interesting when you say that because i found with any execu- any company even, you know, that you have to have great leadership at the top, and then you've got to have a great executive team. And in, in a lot of ways, if you have a weak link in there, you know, it ends up hurting the performance. Is that a good analogy with the coaching staff? It is, and I'm not sitting
2: here telling you that I haven't had to, you know, replace people along the way. But the one thing that we did with the people that we've had that have really, you know, that bought in the way we we needed them to do, they also understood like myself that we're only going to be as good as our players. But we also realized that our goal as not just coaches but as teachers is to make sure that we're going to do everything we can every single day to teach our players what it takes to be successful. And one of the first things you have to do there, most players you recruit, if you talk to their parents, they're going to tell you, the parents will tell you, or the high school coach or someone involved in, in that process would tell you, man, this guy works really, really hard. And But yet they don't understand what working really, really hard, what it really is. And so the, the jump from high school – to college is a big jump and but we always tell the recruits we're recruiting that's a big jump but the where you want to go what your dreams are is a to get to the nba is a really big jump and so with that said we're going to try to as much as we possibly can to get you prepared in terms of a work ethic a commitment a passion make you understand your body make you understand the way you have to eat do everything we can to help you grow and hope that you want it all and not just be a player that has dreamed about playing to the NBA or getting to the NBA, but a player that has dreamed about having a career in the NBA because every year in the NBA, there's 60 in and 60 out. So it's not like you can get there and, and think it's just because I'm, I'm there. It's going to, it's going to last. And so to do that at a high level, you've got to have a great administration You've got to have great support people, and I'm talking uh, director of basketball operations, a strength conditioning coach, your trainers, your coaches, your your GAs, your managers that all understand it's a everyday commitment to the players and to the program that you're going to get better a little bit each day. And if you do that, everybody's going to have a chance to reach their goals to the level that they're willing to pay the price and the passion they're willing to go about it with.
1: We're visiting with Coach Rick Barnes and talking about the basketball program and his thoughts on you know how he wants to really build up men. and And uh, when we come back from our first break, I want to get to talk with Coach Barnes a little bit about some of the challenges right now with with Covid nineteen. It's been you know how it's disrupted the players' lives. We've got so much racial unrest around the country. I just want to get his thoughts on what's going on in his program uh, and how it's affecting those young men. So stay tuned as we visit with Rick Barnes. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
0: listening to more living with Jim Brogan. During the week, Jim is a financial advisor, an author and speaker with an MBA from the University of Tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives. You can reach Brogan Financial during the week at 865-862-6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com. And now, Here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan.
1: Welcome back to More Living right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan. We're visiting with Coach Rick Barnes from the University of Tennessee men's basketball program. We're getting ready to tip off a season. And uh, it's such an exciting time. Uh, Tennessee's projected to be a pretty good team. We're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes with Coach Barnes. But first, I do want to talk, Coach, about some of the challenges right now. You know, this COVID world, I mean, we're all dealing with it, and I know you're dealing with it over there in the program, and there's rules from the SEC, there's rules from the county, and I know you're particularly interested in protecting your staff and the players. Talk about the challenges and how these young men have adapted and and how you're adjusting to the challenges.
2: Well, Jim, you're right about it's, challenging times it's different uh i would say to you that are we excited about the season we really are we we really love the team that we have we love this group of guys they they do want to uh they do want to be good they've worked hard we've got a blend of of older guys and younger guys but without question this is the least amount we've been able to do with a team since i've been at tennessee because of the covid we've had guys that have missed multiple i mean up some guys up to 50 days that haven't even had the virus. Holy cow. Because of the contact tracing. And so, and I'm not, and I think other people around the country have to deal with it too. But our freshman class this year, for instance, we've been able to do less with them than any class that we've had since we've been here. And so, is it challenging? It is. I do think this that at the University of Tennessee, no one's done a, any better job trying to fight this COVID in, in terms of being safe for our players, our, our students, our, our staffs, everyone in place. And I do think that we've worked really hard at trying to handle it. And we, we've done a terrific job. And I can't even begin to tell you how our team doctor, Dr. Klink. I mean, he is, he is the MVP of all MVPs. And I think everyone on our campus recognizes what he has done, his staff, Chad Newman, our trainer, what they're—I mean—his job is almost probably doubled in terms of what he has to do, the different things he has to do. Mary Carter, our director of operations, what they—what she does every day, along with the protocol that's handed down, and with Chad in our building to make sure everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be, and in terms of doing what we're—what uh, we're supposed to do by the rules, it's really—it's it's phenomenal watching what we've done and and our players. I think for for really. The, the most part has really worked hard at trying to do the right things. Have they been perfect? I don't know if they've been perfect, but I also think that we've had some issues where this was just going to happen, and uh, but we've had to deal with it, and some players have, have missed, like I said, more, more days than you can maybe imagine, but with that said, I do think it's the new normal. I think we've got to be prepared with the rules that are being put in place right now where we might have to go play a game with seven players. We may have to you know, uh, have a different lineup and so what we've done, we have simply said every day, whoever's out there, that's who we're gonna coach. We're gonna get that that group ready. We're trying to do things that will well we can be somewhat of a multifacet team in in case some things happen. But whatever teams out there, every single day we're gonna coach them like as if this is the only team that we have and when other guys come back we try to work it back in and we keep trying to build But at no point in time this year, up to this point, from the time you and I are talking, we've yet to have our entire team
1: on the court at one time. Yeah, that's got to be a challenge. You know, you mentioned preparation, and it's interesting. You know, at UT, Coach, you've really developed – you and your staff have really developed a reputation for developing players. And I know a lot of that starts in April after the NCAA – after college basketball season is over – And you spend a lot of time working with the the players throughout the year. So, you know, do you feel like, I mean, everybody's having these challenges at all the college campuses. Do you feel like you're more behind? Or do you think it's just something you have to deal with and you're going to prepare them just just as well as you always do?
2: Well, uh, do I think that we're we're not as, I don't know if I'm going to say we're behind because I think other people in the country have had to deal with it too do I think we're as far along as we would normally be or not? But we'd like like by now we would have be getting real close to having a scrimmage where we would be much ready, more ready for that, but we're not going to get to do that this year. And as we're talking now, you know, we're still our schedule. We, we continue to work on that to, you know, know exactly how we're going to end up putting that together. Cause that's changed. Like you wouldn't believe over the last month with different things getting closed down and, you know, with the COVID, again, the COVID testing, how things have to be done. But to answer your question, there is no doubt we're we're working equally as hard with our our players as we always have. Do I wish we had more time to freshman class during the summer and, and more consistent with them right now because of the consistency with them right now that we haven't had because of the COVID? Yes, I, I do wish we had that. But with that said, these guys are giving us what everything they got and that's all we can ask from them. And like I said, I think this is the new normal that we're going to have to deal with and whoever, whoever we have out there. And I mean, I will even say this, we've, we spent a lot of time in practice with walk-ons playing and we're excited about our walk-ons because we really know as a coaching staff that this year we might have to make a trip or we're going to have to have some walk-ons help us play, play games. And, but, um, Again, I think a lot of people are going through the same thing, and we're just going every day make the best of what we have every single day.
1: Do you think you and your program have a different responsibility to the players than you had 20 years ago, or is it just a, a, a different challenge? Well, it's different,
2: Jim, but I, I don't I don't think we've ever changed or wavered in terms of what we have believed as a staff and the different staffs I've had. And like I said, I've had just tremendous staffs because our goal – has always been that when our players' times um, are up with us, we really truly want them to look back and say that's one of the greatest experiences of my life. Whether it was the one year, a one-and-done guy, two-year and done, two done three-year, whatever it may be, and we want them to look back and truly say, "Hey, I would recommend anybody to be a part of this program because it is." what it is we're very transparent you know we go in and recruit we talk about the way we do things we are i would say a, a no-nonsense program in the fact that we're we're not go- there's not going to be any surprises we're going to lay it out there from day one the expectations and what we're looking for and what we expect players to do and how we expect them to go about approaching what they need to do and um, but our goal Coach, is Coach, that we me, want- if
1: I could I'd, I'd like to ask you about that you know you, laying that out you know people talk about today's young people does it make is it a bigger challenge to find those kinds of people those kinds of players in high school today than it was 10 or 15 years ago
2: Well, jim again i think guys are different i mean i think the guys uh, again I, I i know this that one thing is not different is no different than when i was a kid growing up you know i grew up at a time in the 60s where you know baseball was big and you know, i loved sports and you know i dreamed of being a big league player which I think so many kids grow up thinking that. But there's so many more distractions today where they think they might want it, but they don't understand what it really takes to get there. And so as you go up the ladder, it's like going up a funnel. You know, it starts out with a funnel with a real wide base, whereas a kid, there's millions of kids out there playing sports. But the higher you go up through that funnel, it fans out to where that little shoot at the very end, that's the NBA, and that's the highest level professionally that you can play, and very few get there. That's why there's only, what, uh, over 400-some players in the NBA. And if you're going to be one of the best players in the world, and that's what that is if you're in the NBA, you really have to be able to set yourself apart, and that means you've had to sacrifice somewhere along the way. That means you figured out some things maybe earlier than some people, but it goes back. it's our It's our job to help you understand what it is going to take for you to truly, truly figure out what you want to do if you really want to be a pro. we got to, we got to make sure you understand what that's about. But also, when that's all said and done, because of what I told you, 99.9% of the guys we coach aren't going to play in the NBA. They might get a chance to play overseas or something so that's why it goes back to we talk about their insurance policy has got to be that academic, that degree. Because at some point in time, they're going to need that degree. And I've seen guys leave, come back, get a degree 10 years later. But we want them working towards that degree. And and then you got guys, just recent guys like Grant Williams that, you know, that three years gets his degree. I mean, Kyle Alexander, all these guys that we've had since we've been here that are in the NBA, they all have their college diploma. And so – it goes back to the one thing that we tell them, you've got to want it all. You can't just want to be one-sided. And what does "want it all mean? What does that mean to each individual guy? And so when they leave, we want them to be multifaceted, but yet we also, again, want them to understand what it's going to take to succeed when they leave us.
1: Coach Rick Barnes, are you more particular today and at Tennessee in terms of the recruits that you're will that you'll take than you were, say, 10 years ago? Have you changed your standard with all this, kind of what you're talking about with this, the way you challenge the kids? You know, yes, I would say that. And I think where the difference is
2: now as I've gotten older and I've got coaches with me, I think they truly understand the kind of player that will do well in our program. And our, you know, the word culture is used by a lot of people but to truly have the culture that you want you've got to have assistant coaches that are out there too knowing hey this is what this is what is going to work here and we and, and we work really hard and to understand when we're in recruiting to be upfront and honest and tell the ones that we and we and we're not a we're not a program that goes out and offers a bunch of players we don't do that Again, it goes back, and I'm going to give my continue to give my assistant coaches the credit because they do know what we're looking for, and they do know what what will work here with us. And then we get a select few, and we go after them. And we've been very fortunate, and blessed to be able to
1: land some guys that again that wanted to, that wanted what we have to offer. Well, that's, it's, it's exciting to hear you talk about it. i tell you what, I definitely want to get into this year's team, and I know our listeners do too. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the 2020-2021 season with Coach Rick Barnes. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
0: weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College. Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at BroganFinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan.
1: Thanks for tuning in. It's More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And if there's one guy that I feel like is really just living his life to the fullest and trying to impact people, it's Coach Rick Barnes. We're so blessed and fortunate to have him at the University of Tennessee. Boy, man, I'm so excited about the upcoming season, Coach Barnes. You mentioned earlier the blend of young players and experience. You know, you really lost one contributor last year, Jordan Bowden, off last year's team because Lamonte Turner had gotten hurt. So can you talk a little bit, how excited are you about this team? Where does this team stack up in your thoughts right now compared to other teams you've had here at Tennessee prior to those seasons?
2: Well, Jim, if you go back to a year ago, you know, we were excited about our team coming in here last year. We knew we were going to Again, we, we felt like we had what we wanted, what we needed. And, uh, you know, we felt like that we would end up playing through our guards, certainly for the most part of the year, with, you know, with Jordan Bowden and Lamonte Turner, and then Josiah James coming in. And then you got East Pond, and then you've got uh, John Fulkerson. And then anything and everything that could go wrong was, you everything we built our team around starting in the summer just fell apart because of Lamonte getting hurt and not being able to finish And Jordan Bowden. Then he goes from a a different role that he's going to have to play because of his experience. And then out of nowhere, again, when we saw this happen, we were fortunate to get involved with Santiago Vescovi, who, think about it, he wasn't even, I mean, he didn't have any part of our program all through the uh, summer, spring, summer, fall, and then all at once, uh, we, we, get, we, we knew, again, we, we really knew back in the fall that Ramonte might not be able to go. And as much as he was trying to get right, he, he, we just knew he, it could happen. So when we started recruiting uh, Santiago, we said to him, hey, if you, you know, we knew he could be eligible at, at, at the start of the semester. And we said, if you want to play, you can play. If you don't, it's up to you and uh, once Lamonte went down, there was no question he wanted to play and think about it. He comes in, and we basically scrapped everything we had done and put in some things that we knew that he – we knew he was going to start eventually, and so we just threw him out in the fire. We spent a couple days. I think he had two practices. He wasn't in shape, and what he did was really phenomenal, and then we also decided that we're going to play through John Fulkerson and Eve Pons, and so – We struggled. We were fighting just to keep our head above water, trying to get things going. And at the end of last year, we started – you could see it starting to happen. I think John Fulkerson and E. Pons realized what they had to do. Josiah James really got healthy because he had had nursing some injury. And and, uh, this group of guys just kept fighting and kept digging. And so with all that we went through last year has put us in a position that we are right now, then we come back and add – a really nice recruiting class, and there's no doubt that two guys, if you, if you think about them, and you also think about the growth of a guy, you know, Oroz didn't get eligible until after the first of the year, so here we weren't sure how much we'd work him into the situation, and then, you know, Olivier Kamwa, you know, he's there, he's a freshman trying to learn it on, on the go, and now with this group coming in, you know, you got Keon Johnson and James Springer, two very talented players, I said earlier, I wish we had out there more than than we have up to this point. But yet, we're going to no doubt continue to start the season with the way we ended last year. You know, John Fulkerson, if we'd have gone another week and a half, two weeks in the season, could very well be a player of the year in the SEC and E ponds. And, And you go back to the way we finished against, you know, the way we played against Florida, Kentucky, and there was just a good air about our team. And I think that's carried over this year with these guys. I think they're they're excited. They know they got a chance to be good and they want and
1: they want to be good. Coach Barnes, I got to tell you, uh, I've got two daughters and one of them is a sophomore in college and the other one is a freshman here in high school here in Knoxville. And a year and a half ago, my my 15-year-old and she was 13 at the time, she became such a big Tennessee basketball fan. It was unbelievable when y'all had that run at number one, and now it's to the point that when we're recruiting kids and you got a commitment from Jaden Springer and then Keon Johnson and then ended up signing, and of course, Corey Walker, she was telling me what was going on. It was just unbelievable. Um, she's your biggest fan, and she's Tennessee's biggest fan, I think, and shes it's just unbelievable. We were at the, the Sweet 16 in Louisville, and she was so heartbroken. But I have to ask on behalf of her... There, she's just so excited about Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. Uh, you know, those are two of the. It's really probably the highest-rated recruiting class in Tennessee history, possibly with uh, Corey Walker as well. So, you know, what are those guys doing in practice? And and you know, do you anticipate them all making a significant impact? Is I guess Jaden Springer was the highest-rated. What can you? What can Tennessee fans expect from that freshman class?
2: Well, what they're going to like about Jaden and. and Certainly, uh, Jaden and, and uh, Keon is a fact. They both really do bring a tremendous attitude towards playing defense in terms of competing, wanting to guard the basketball, and they they are athletic. They both can get the ball where they need to on the court, which is something we haven't had. Then you throw in B.J. Bailey, who a guy that was redshirted a year ago, and so we feel like with those three additional guys is that we're going to be able to guard in a way that we haven't up till this point. And we feel like we've got some players that can, again, create their own shot and create shots for each other more so than probably since we've been here. But uh, the fact is those guys are also, to be quite honest with you, the two freshmen are getting schooled a little bit by Santiago Vascovi and some of the older guys because you know this it, this is all new for them. I mean, you know they sure. they're, they're used to being just a dominant player and and they and they're playing hard, but they're finding out that those gaps close up a little bit quicker. They find out the length on the that you put out on the court there is a little bit different. They find out that you know there's not a guy on the floor that can't play and if you let down for just a second if you don't do your work early, you're going to get burned. And so they're, they're learning, and they're going to continue to learn that. They're, what we try to assimilate in practice is going to help them, but still there's going to be some games and people are going to say, why are you taking, taking them in and out? It's because we're trying to build a championship team, and if you, sometimes you got to take them out and tell them, hey, look, that this is what we talked about. You can't get beat here. You can't give up that split. You didn't block out because it's such a fine line between winning and losing, and some of it's going to be from them having to sit on the bench for making little mistakes
1: that probably didn't get them hurt in the past, but it will get them hurt. Where we're trying to get to, Coach. Who on the cur- on the roster, uh, non freshman and of course not counting EJ and but who on the roster from last year do you expect may take the biggest leap this year?
0: <laughs> that's
2: that's a really really good question. You know, uh, I, I, I can name. Uh, and that's what's been fun with this team. you would come to practice. And in the past, you'd, you, you'd see maybe if you watched us play for a week, two, maybe three guys that would step out. There's been days this year where we could go up as many as eight, nine guys, ten guys that you say, boy, that person's really improved. I think Joe, I think Josiah James has really improved. You know, he's a, a guy that if we can get him to change his mindset and become more aggressive because he's worked really hard on his, on his shooting and he, can, he really can shoot the ball. And, but you going to have to change his mindset and know that that's something that we need him to do. And, uh, but, you know, I think John Fulkerson has improved from a year ago. I think E. Pons has improved. And you mentioned EJ Anasicki, he's improved. There's no doubt that Olivier and um, Uros, in the last two weeks, because of some of these problems with not having everybody out there, they've been able to get a lot of reps. They need and those two guys. If there are some days in practice. Boy, if you were there, but man, he's really improved. You know, he's a, he's a whole lot better. And that's what's been exciting for us to see different guys on different days do some do some of these things.
1: Coach, do you think this is going to be the deepest team you've had at Tennessee? And do you think that you're going to have more creative opportunities with varying the lineup, going whether you want to go big or go small? Do you think you're going to have more flexibility because you have more depth?
2: I think versatility would be a great word to describe this group in terms of depth. There's no doubt it's the most quality depth that we've had, but we've got to continue to get better because there's a lot of teams that are bringing back good players. And like I said, we, we did, we were heading trending in the right direction last year, but there's some new parts and pieces we're going to work in here and we're going to, we just got to get ready. You know, we've got, uh, Got to get ready for the SEC, which I think is going to be as good as it's been in a long time, as deep, as balanced. But uh, our non-league schedule, if it goes the way we want to, you know, we're going to get a chance to go up against Gonzaga, the number one team in the country, at some point in time. Uh, and now there you know, it was announced that we've got Kansas coming in here for the for the challenge. And and I wish we would. I would really love to think that between now and the end of. January that some things can get better with the COVID, and we could could get a let them have a full fill of what it's like to play in Thompson Bowling Arena.
1: Coach, uh, you've been very generous with it with your time. I just want to ask you just a quick question or two, and it's mainly, you know, you've said your your hope is that Tennessee is your last off as a college coach. So, what do you hope is your legacy at UT and in Knoxville? And do you anticipate you and Candy would stay in Knoxville upon retirement?
2: Well, we love it. And, you know, our hometown is just on the other side of the mountain in Hickory, North Carolina. And I tell you, we have fallen in love with Knoxville, Tennessee. And, again, I will, I will take it back to the administration from the very top, I mean, what Randy Boyd has done and what Dondi Plowman has done. And, and, and Coach Former has, has been just a tremendous AD. And, and so we love it here. We do, and there's no question about it. And we, we love the fact – we love the fact that people care about it, the basketball program. And uh, so there is no question that we think this is, has been an unbelievable blessing and an opportunity for us. We want to – you yes, ask you what we want to do. We try to say this everywhere we've ever been. We just simply want to leave it better than we
1: found it, and that's what we, we hope. Well, that's a great philosophy. Coach Rick Barnes, we're certainly excited about the upcoming season and all that you've done for the University of Tennessee. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be on our program this morning, and certainly good luck this year with the season and with the young men you coach.
2: Well, thank you very much, Jim, and thanks for having me.
1: Yes, sir, it's our pleasure. Again, that's Coach Rick Barnes. Head, head basketball coach at the University of Tennessee. It's going. It's exciting times in Tennessee basketball having him head the program. When we come back for our final segment, I'm go, I am going to do my dollars and cents segment. Could we see next year or in our future negative interest rates? And what does that mean for you in your retirement year? So stay tuned. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
0: for listening to more living with jim brogan if you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again visit broganfinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement and now here's senior market advisor magazine's 2011 national advisor of the year and host of more living jim brogan
1: Thank you so much for tuning in this week to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. That was just awesome talking to Coach Rick Barnes. What an incredible job he has done with our Tennessee basketball program. And what I love is he he just fits East Tennessee so much, being being kind of a Western North Carolina guy. And uh, certainly his impact and his faith and the fact that he's willing to... uh, talk about how much that means to him it just makes a huge impact on people i think so it was great having him on and i'm certainly very excited about the upcoming season Uh, we are it is time now for dollars and
0: cents want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement for all the years of your retirement the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip
1: Could we see negative interest rates? And what would that mean for you? You know, the United States has never had negative, treasury, negative interest rates on the 10 year treasury. Well, our 10-year Treasury has been under 1% now since March. And it's never been under 1%. And, you know, i got to be honest, in terms of the economic impact of this pandemic, I think it's going to last for a little while. Now, by the way, that doesn't mean the stock market's going to do poorly. As you've seen the last seven months, seven, eight months, the market, you know, coming out of March had rallied even though the economy was struggling. And there are a lot of reasons for that. But for today's dollars and cents, we're talking about interest rates. And the fact that the Fed has said, number one, they're going to keep interest rates very low through 2023. That's over three years of low interest rates. They've never given forward guidance that far into the future. With the economic challenges, I think there's a chance that rates could go negative. Okay, now what does that really mean for you? It just means interest rates would drop even more. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that you're you would be able to borrow money for free. Uh, you know, to buy a car or a house. Remember the the overnight borrowing rate with the Federal Reserve is you know it's the overnight borrowing rate between banks. So, you know, is the rate that they're raising and lowering. But if, if interest rates go down more, that means that it's e- an even more challenging environment for today's retirees because, you know, it's great when you're younger in life and you're wanting to borrow money for a house or you're running a business and you want to access capital to expand your business. Money's cheap. The problem is moving for, for retirees is they're just not, you know, bonds aren't paying much. So, it's a very, very low interest rate environment. And I think one thing we have to be very careful is how we, how we use traditional bond exposure in our portfolios. You know, over history, the, the, the traditional way to hedge stock market risk has been to add traditional bond market risk. The problem is, if you, you know, you have to remember interest rates and bond values move in an opposite direction. So, when interest rates go down, bond values go up but when interest rates go up, bond values go down. Well, if you look in 1981, you could get a CD at 17%. So the last 39 years really have been an anomaly in the bond market. We've had an historic bull market in bonds. And so many you know so many times when I see Even things online, and I see financial articles, and they project future returns. They're using such a long history in the bond market that is completely irrelevant to what may happen in the future. So what this means is you really need to assess your risks. How are you going to stay ahead of inflation with the monies that have been printed by the the government? How are you going to be able to increase income over time? And so your approach to diversification needs to probably be different than it has been in the past. The plan that gets you to retirement, especially in this market, is not going to get the, be the plan to get you through retirement.
0: That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com.
1: Do check us out at BroganFinancial.com. You can sign up for our weekly e-newsletter where we send out Links to podcasts and video blogs and, and, and downloads. You know, I've got my election report up there. Election, the Federal Reserve, and the stock market. So do check us out online. Thank you so much for tuning in this week as we had a great interview with Coach Rick Barnes. Thank you, Chris, running the board. Thank you, Jill, helping produce the show. You've been listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. Only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.